Wings and Things, Wings of Fire podcast, and I'm your host, Maddie Hamlin. So, today we're going to do a double episode because I missed, well, I missed an episode last week. Sorry about that. I'm pretty giddy for middle school and I just forgot and I have a puppy and, you know, everything. So, uh, also, because of the puppy and my mom making an apple pie, there might be some noise in the background, like pots banging or something like that. And also my dad's working on a painting job and my bike, so that all, it could also be that. Anyway, let's dive right into this, not chapter, but summary. No, not, not summary. God damn, where we left off, and then the summary. One of my, the last recording I did, um, I forgot that it was two chapters, so I just did a, I did a where we left off of the last chapter that I hadn't even done before, so yeah. Anyway... So, the where we left off is, basically, they're going to kill Glory. And how they can kill, kill Glory, that makes no sense to me. They've been together for four years. And either their timeline is different, or they just develop faster. Because as a four-year-old, I was not mentally developed or physically developed as these dragons. Either way, they've been together for a while. Four years is a while anyway, and it's especially a while if it's more than four years for us, which I would guess it is. But if you have any theories about the timeline, please do send me a message. If you've already sent me a message and I didn't get it, um, well, I'm going to check with my dad on that, so yeah. Also, is it weird listening to a podcast from a 10-year-old's perspective? Maybe not if you're another 10-year-old. Anyway, so, and then to summarize this, basically... Um, they're trying to figure out how to, they just, they're like, they think they have to escape, and they're trying to figure out a way to escape, and then in the next one, let's just say Clay gets into a dangerous situation. Don't want to spoil too much. Anyway, we open with the Dragonettes arguing. Sunny won't believe it, that they would kill, (laughs) that they would, you know, kill Glory. And at this point, I know that for so far I've been kind of mad that they exclude Sunny, but honestly, they might be a little bit right. She might tell the elders. She might, they might not be able to spy, and Glory might have died. It. I mean, she's su- she, she's such an optimist. I'm not, but it's also that the elder like she's never heard any. She's never heard any of the eavesdrop conversation with the elders. If she'd gone along with just one, which she might, um, then she might have known how horrible they are. And I think deep down she does, but they're the only kind of, they're the only grown-up family thing that she knows besides the other dragonettes. So it's kind of, it's a little bit understandable, though. I, 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 I would not like them, even if they were the only elderly figures Anyway, Tsunami preaches the truth that they'll do anything if it's right for the prophecy. They, if it's the elders, and if they think it's right for the prophecy, by the way. Um, the, the elders obviously think they're doing the right thing. They're obviously not. Webs is I think he's realized he just is too much of a coward to do anything. Um, I mean, they've done a lot of things right now, and the whole kind of kill glory thing. 
it's hard to, but like how, I mean, I guess they've just been in it so long that they somehow think they're doing the right thing. I don't know. Webs and Kestrel are obviously delusional. Webs is a ca- Dune and Kestrel are obviously delusional. Webs is a coward and all of them suck, basically. So, anyway, let's get on with that. Glory Scale. Glory doesn't, but Glory Scale show how scared and almost shocked she is. Because, like, this is just a horrible... I, I can't even call it a new low because it's way too much of an un, of a understatement. It's not a new low. They're going to kill her. They're literally going to kill her, and they don't even care. I mean, for God's sake. I think them not stopping Kestrel from killing her is just as bad as Kestrel killing her. I mean, it's, ugh, it's just so unbelievable. And poor Glory, like, I can just, you know how I talked last time about poor little Glory, you know, feeling sad and the coconut moment, coconut moment, well, so, my, it's just, (sighs) Glory thought that she was prepared for anything, but she was not prepared for them to kill her. She wasn't prepared for that. Who would be? And it's just... It's so sad. Poor Glory. She feel... I bet... I just can't believe how she would feel right now. I just feel the most horrible. I'd want to curl up at a ball and just... I'd want to die. Well, Glory, you're in luck. Because the elders are gonna kill you, so... If you want it, I can. Anyway. Clay says they won't. Let me wait. Clay says that they won't let them. Obviously, they won't let them kill Glory. And Glory says it's not their problem. Now, Glory. Mm-hmm, yes. That might be a way to say it if they were strangers. Or just, like, even maybe friends. No, they're not friends. They're brothers and sisters. You have been together for four suffering years. Under a cave together. It is obviously their problem. They're not just going to let you die. And, as Clay was discussing last year, maybe the prophecy's wrong. In fact, the prophecy is definitely wrong if it doesn't include glory. Because Glory is definitely a great person. And she definitely deserves to be part of the prophecy. And the stupid elders are always talking about how she's not part of the prophecy and about how she's a rainwing. Well, they can suck it. Also, it is. I know she's being a little, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like, it's kind of a, you know, it's just a cliche, but it is definitely their business. Okay, Glory? Or, or. It's your, it's, it's their business. It's also very, I also feel very sad for Glory here too, that she thinks they don't even, that she doesn't even deserve. Um, so, but they, they start discussing the escape, kind of ignoring Glory, obviously. Um, and they can't beat 
all the elders. Uh, especially not without chained up Tsunami. You know, Tsunami's the main fighter. I mean, Sonny's really good too, but they'd have to be Kestrel, and Kestrel is the worst, obviously. Um, so, so they plan to escape, which, you know, because they want to be the elder. They just want Glory to not die, so they have to escape. Because if they can't beat them up, the only other thing is escape. Sonny freaks out about this. And now I'm thinking they might have been right about excluding her. But I'm not totally sure. She might have been on board with it. She might have been. I mean, she's freaking out about it, but she's also, after her freaking out, she does get on board. So, Because Glory is more important to her. I mean, Glory just makes me so sad, by the way, speaking of Glory. She keeps insisting that they don't have to help. I mean, obviously this whole time she's just... She's not actually part of the prophecy, and she just... She doesn't feel like she fits in, and she's a rain wing, and I just... I feel so bad for her. Who cares if you're not part of the prophecy? You're way better. You're really good. You're great. I mean, you're... Dude, Glory, 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 Glory. Yeah. Ah, great. By the way, I just said you are great. I'm not sure if you if you could make that out because I said it weird. But anyway. Anyway, Clay insists otherwise, and he's right. Um, but Starflight, but Starflight is just kind of, he's not even going to be part of that. He's just focusing on how to get them out of here. He's going to be logical. Starflight briefs us on how, 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 wait, what? On how to escape. He would love PowerPoint. I'm, even when I'm just thinking about this and when I was writing this, um, cause you know, I still have notes. It's, um, it's, it's a big thing for me. Um, I'm gonna have a little segment after this once I check about how many, how many episodes we've had notes with, um, cause it's a big thing. <laughs> and I'm fake crying, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, I'm just imagining him with a board and he's got the pointer and he's pointing at the board and laying everything out. But anyway, uh, and this is like. They're always kind of sh- being mean. They're they're a little mean to Starflight about he- him reading and liking being smart, liking books and scrolls and stuff like. Not complete. It's not really like they don't think they don't like that he's smart. It's more that they don't like when he spouts all the information. But without him, they wouldn't. Have, they would have a lot of trouble. Okay, they this probably plan wouldn't have wouldn't work without him. A lot of things wouldn't work without him. And he's... It's so, just lay off, guys, okay? He tells them that... Um, that the boulder the elders roll over, that um, earlier Clay wanted to, you know, push over, is actually a mechanism with a lever on the outside. This is a well-informed guess, by the way, and barely even a guess, because it's right, by the way. Um... It's barely, yeah, it's not really a guess anyway, but it's like, um, 99.9% chance that he's, there's, 
99.9% chance that he's right and not wrong. Um, anyway. Um, on the inside, there's a stone slot and a rock. Um, you know, that's how they get in. Because I was like, wait, but how do they get in? How do they get out? And, uh, there, there's a little slot where you can stick a stone in. Um, and they use it to unlock the boulder. That, uh, Doom wears it around his neck. Um, I think he's the main one that goes out, I would guess, based on that. Anyway. Uh, let's take a moment to just... And, like, let's take a moment to discuss the genius of this contraption. Uh, this is, like, dragons are known for medieval time, but dragons are really smart. Whoever designed this was a genius. I don't even know how it works, but however it works, it's really cool. We actually see throughout this whole series that I haven't really noticed until I've been taking notes on it that dragons are geniuses. Geniuses. I mean, they got, the construction is it's just amazing. Um, lately, I've been, uh, my mom is studying this, um, this rock formation uh, built by a Native American tribe called the Shoni in uh, Idaho. And um, they they have really amazing technology. Sadly, like a lot of people just don't rec. A lot of people don't. Um, they won't believe that the that the Shawnee could do this because you know they're racist, obviously, um, and probably a little bit jealous or just stupid. Uh, some people think it was made by aliens. It wasn't. It was just they had a lot of. The thing that's so sad is that Native American tribes and Indians, they had, like, these great technology and farming strategies and all this that we could learn so much for today, at that time, and even now, today. And we just wiped it all away because we're stupid colonizing people. But anyway, let me get back to the story. But anyway, yes. It is genius technology. Um, it's by the way, the carving is um of a sn- it it's like of a woman's parts that make a baby, and then of a snake, uh, and then a, a snake biting a frog at the middle, um, at the end. And I would think it means life, and then death because the snake is killing the frog. Um, but I don't. T- nobody's totally sure what it stands for. There are lots of different metaphors and stuff, but I think it's really just the simple life and death kind of thing. Um, but anyway, back to what I was talking about. Clay feels dumb for trying to push the rock over all those years. Okay, first of all, dude, you're totally smart, especially because. Starflight is really smart, and he noticed this, and he's like a, he's a little pedantic. Pedantic means, like, uh, every detail has to be completely correct. Like, um, if somebody is, like, if somebody says a fact that's only, like, has one tiny little figure wrong, they'll point it out. Um, and, but, anyway, so not only are you not dumb, you're smart, you're not super smart in the same way Starflight is, but you're much smarter in other ways, and, um, Starflight is very pedantic and smart, which makes him very likely to, um, see, see the rock thing, uh, so basically, yeah, but 
but they can't steal a stone because it's way too risky. It's like a 99.9% .9 chance that they will wake Dunab when trying to get. Um, Sunny suggests a skylight, but gets ignored and talked over by Clay's question of there being another way to unlock the stone. Discuss Sunny. No, yeah. Sorry. Sunny, um, when I write this, I just, um, if I have a point to make, I just put discuss uh, <laughs> so that it's easier. But anyway. And but I remember. But right now I'm going to discuss Sunny being talked over. Obviously, she's underestimated by the group. We see this time and time again. Um, in her book, they she gets a little bit. She gets some like a redemption arc and stuff like that. She doesn't not really a redemption arc. She just shows people what's up because she doesn't really have much to redeem. But obviously, underestimate her because she's positive. Um, but that doesn't mean she isn't smart and doesn't have great ideas and, you know, stuff like that. But, anyway. Uh, Glory thanks them, but says she doesn't matter, basically. Glory, you matter a lot. And Tsunami says she won't be killed for no reason. Of course, and Glory insists that she doesn't matter. And that she's not worth it. That she's not part... Well, she doesn't say all this, but you know she's thinking it. That she's not part of the prophecy and that she's not worth it. Shut up, Glory! And, I would, and Tsunami says she'll kill her if she doesn't shut up about not being worth it. I'll kill you if you don't shut up about not being worth it to, to not be killed. Basically. Clay rephrases, rephrases that. That they care. Adding that Tsunami isn't exactly gentle, and that's what she means. Clay. Glory already knows, you know, duh. And and she's saying we we care, basically. Yeah. Anyway. Tsunami is a very fierce person. And I I I don't think what she said was really too out of line. And I'm pretty sure Glory gets it. Um, but she's just like She's so willing to hop into any fight and protect them. Um, even she can be a little headstrong, and sometimes she doesn't think things through. But on the most part, she actually is pretty strate strategical. Um, uh, you know, it's pretty strategical. Anyway, um, <sighs> sorry, I have to find my where I was. And, and, uh, and also, Glory's so sad. She's just, not, no, no, I don't mean, like, she's sad, like, I mean, she's a sad person. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're getting this, like, the feeling sad. Not like she's sad, just like she feels sad. But, oh, I feel so bad for her. Her whole life, she's been ridiculed and ridiculed and ridiculed for not being right, for not fitting in, for not being a Skywing, for being who she is. Nobody ever notices that she... Nobody... None of the elders have ever noticed that she tries hard and... Uh, that she isn't lazy. They say lazy rainwing in front of her. God, they're just... I hate them so much. <sighs> anyway. 
Sunny um bring re brings up the skylight and they say it's too small. Uh, we, well, S- Starflight, uh, and Tsunami, and Glory say it's too small and that they've tried. Uh, Clay feels dumb for never thinking of it. Um. And, I think. He just, he thinks he's dumb. I think it's partly because it's a mudwing stereotype. And, but he's not dumb. If there are different kinds of dumb. No, different kinds of smart. Not different kinds of dumb. He's a different kind of smart. Also, not thinking about the skylight. It's, it's not, it's obviously too small for you. There's really no reason that you would. No, it's just, mudwings are built big, so you wouldn't fit anyway. So it's not like, it's a bad thing or anything anything and immediately we see clay smarts well really soon not exactly immediately um they're thinking hard and sunny wonders if they could convince the elders this idea is immediately shot down rightfully they could definitely not but you know it's not really totally sunny's fault anybody would probably suggest it at this time it's just kind of a thing tsunami tells clay that her plan of escaping the river is to wait sorry sorry clay um can tell that tsunami uh is thinking about a plan that she has a plan she's been thinking about an escape plan forever um and just from her eyes he can tell what it is it's it's the river they've never gone um if i remember correctly because I didn't write this in my notes. They've only ever gone upstream, not downstream. Um, but, yeah, because, yeah, they... Hmm. Yeah, it would have to be downstream, because I remember when we're... When we, but anyway, Tsunami says it's too dangerous and that it was meant to be her to go, but he can hold his breath for an hour, and he says he has to go. That... He has to go also, um, and, you know, yeah, but, anyway. Yeah, Tsunami, uh, yeah, but, anyway. Clay, you know, he hasn't explored downstream, but, yeah, it was downstream, but Tsunami, the escapist and Planny, he, she would be a really good war general, um, had, the Tsunami says the gap in the wall is too small, it's smaller than the one, uh, they go through to spy on the Elder's Cave, and if we remember, that was hard for Clay to get through, too, um, that one was hard for Clay to get through, and she didn't know what was on the other side, he, He only has an hour of breath, and he can't see in the dark. He could drown. I mean, that it's like one of the biggest risks risks ever. Once he's out, they can start a fire. Um, but they have it, and like how they even how will he even find their way back to the cave? Once he's out, they can start a fire. Um, uh, so that he can see the smoke. Uh, by the light of day. But Sonny smartly points out that, um, Clay, Clay, Clay has this idea, by the way. 
Clay thinks you can start a fire. See, Clay, you are smart. Not only did you guess the river thing and you're being brave, you're smart because you thought of the fire thing. You can be smart. It's a contribution. You don't have to think of everything. But you think of some things, and that's your contribution. And there's a bigger contribution that you're making by swimming in the dark and risking your life, obviously. Obviously, sorry. Um, and there's a certain point where my mouth just goes numb. It's harder than you might think to read for so long on a podcast, uh, reading my notes. Um, so, yeah. But, anyway. He, yeah, he is smart. Anyway. Uh, sorry, I, I don't mean to say anyway so much. And the smoke will go through the skylight until see. Um, but after this, um, and obviously he has to risk it because either one dragon, either one dragon dies, it's either definitely one dragon dies or maybe two dragons die, and it's obviously has to be the maybe because it's better than the definitely. So he has to risk. Anyway. This is obviously... This is just super brave. I mean, imagine how cluster... Imagine how scary it would be. Swimming in the dark with only a limited amount of air. And you can't even... You can't see anything. Don't know what's beyond. Uh, And Glory talks about some scrolls about... Well, she doesn't say specifically, but it's obviously... About rain wings she'd like to burn. And Clay agrees. Probably thinking about some mud wing scrolls. Or just really boring ones. Tsunami insists he shouldn't go. But not because he... But not because of... But eventually caves because of glory. And she doesn't... She wants to save Clay. But you know, glory could definitely die. So she eventually agrees. But anyway... Sunny... Even the, they underestimate her, but Sunny super smartly points out that by morning, if he can only see the smoke in the morning, uh, won't they have already tried to kill Glory? You see, Sunny, uh, she she gets on board and she contributes very well. So they definitely underestimate her, and this makes me think that maybe they 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 should they should let her in on the spying, honestly. I'm I'm back to my other thing. They should. They should. She may be an optimist, but it's all, it's because everybody ignores her. She's oblivious to all the bad things because nobody ever, because she never got to spy and they don't discuss it with her. Yeah, but anyway, plus she knows some of the things that they're bad. And after a while, she comes to terms with them killing Glory, which obviously means she's not completely oblivious. She's not even very oblivious, exactly. Really, she's just kind of oblivious. Um, and, anyway. Yeah, so, anyway, Glory, uh, reveals that she'll use her camouflage. She can look exactly like the wall. Um, neither Sunny nor the Elders knew because Sunny was left out of the spying, so she didn't know that Glory could become so, you know completely hidden, and, you know, they were both unaware, uh, yeah, but, so, Scunny, Scunny, Sunny never heard what the elders say, and she might not know how horrible they are, 
Like, she, I think she knows that there are two things wrong and stuff like that, but she still had hope in them. Sunny is rightfully upset that no one told her about the escape, and because they mentioned that they've already been listening about this, no one even answers and and doesn't tell her about the glory thing either. And we end with them deciding to escape. Uh, yeah. They decide to escape. Sorry, I'm reading something that I don't understand right now. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, I spelled a word wrong. I'm just gonna lay out, just lay out the escape plan one more, because just in case, just be clear. So, um, Clay will try to swim downstream to get, um, up and out of the cave, and then they'll start a, start a fire using scrolls so that he can see it out the skylight and find them, uh, pull the lever on the boulder and get out. While this is happening, Glory will be camouflaged so that they can't find her in the morning, and that should hopefully save enough time for Clay to get to them. Anyway... Um, let's open into the next chapter. We open with Glory and Tsunami both feeling very guilty. Tsunami for thinking of the plan, not being able to do it, and Glory obviously because they're doing it, so she won't get killed. But Clay's talons are already waiting in. Clay is scared, really, really rightfully. He's cold and petrified already, um, but he has to do this. What? I don't know why I keep... Writing, uh, I'm, I'm writing in a weird way. It's like third person and first person. Um, anyway, Sunny starts frantically saying that there has to be another way, but there isn't. She's scared for him and Glory. It's just so hard, but, um, but there isn't. Starflight spouts advice, probably him panicking, but knowing that this is what has to happen, and trying to be helpful and logical, which is a good thing about him. While the others kind of panic, he is usually very helpful. It isn't... Ex oh. But some of it isn't so helpful. Um, yeah. Uh, telling Clay that he'll run out of air sooner if he panics, which just causes Clay to panic more. <laughs> Obviously, um, Clay's, and to realize that he's already panicking, Clay's likely hyperventilating right now. I once hyperventilated. It was when I was getting my flu shot. I'm very afraid of needles. Um, though I will, de um, I'm gonna, that's gonna change when I'm getting my coronavirus shot because it's absolutely worth it. Uh, the vaccine booster shot. But I'm hoping that I don't know, but you'll probably have to get a booster shot, too. That won't be very fun. <laughs> um, but anyway. Sorry, let me find my way back to where I was. Uh, claust the claustrophobia of the whole situation. He's not in the water. He's not, like, swimming yet, but was closing in on his mind, because he's thinking about the claustrophobia. Glory admits to Clay that without him or the other dragons, the whole cave experience would have been miserable. Clay agrees. 
mean, imagine growing up alone. At least they share the bullying and the love. Without, um, without each other, they might have killed themselves, suicided. I mean, everyone agrees, uh, with Glorian Clay. And Tsunami warns him to be careful and, uh, and turn back if it's too much. Like, that's an option. Poor Tsunami and poor Glory. He, he couldn't turn back. He just can't. For not for glory. Sunny adds a don't you dare die. That is very sweet. And it also shows that Sunny has a passion inside. She will fight for her friends. She will fight for what is right. And they underestimate her. Um, but he, he had to get on with it. He no more he can't stall any longer. He he plunges in. He's freezing cold when he reaches the fully underwater part. And he, I mean, he was already freezing cold, but now he's even more freezing cold. Um, when he reaches, uh, the part where the walk, the wall, you know, with the hole is. Not really underwater part where he can't really duck his head up. Um, anyway. Uh, also... You do not, uh, oh, yeah, he takes a deep breath and then dives down. Also, you do not know how it was, how hard it was for me to write about this, because I don't just like to copy the words. Also, I do want to, I'm pretty sure it's obvious that, I don't think I have to cite my source. I think it's already obvious who, um, I'm taking all this writing from. Uh, their name is, no, is their name is T2 Sutherland. Duh. Of course, I mean, yeah. Obviously, I don't think I have to cite my source. I'm obviously giving her credit for her great writing, and I'm writing this because I love her books. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. I don't think I have to cite my source, but, you know. I mean, I think I already have basically cited my source. But, anyway. Uh, yeah, but it's it's very frustrating to write a whole water-related chapter. There's not a lot of vocabulary there. It's hard to be, you know verbose and uh kind of have different words for diving and plunging into the water um because otherwise it would have just had to say dive like five thousand times um so that's kind of hard but anyway um where are we oh yeah uh the hole in the wall is smaller than the ones in the Elder's Cave. Um, and he struggles to squeeze through. Because uh, he puts his arms in, and it's uh, it's sharp around. The hole has some sharp edges. Uh, when he reaches in, he feels nothing. Well, he well you know, water, not nothing. But nothing more than water. Um, he's being so brotherly right now. And so loving, because you wouldn't, you might not, you maybe do it for your really best friends, which I guess they technically are, but to me, to, they're more family, and he's doing this for his family, and it's just super brave and noble and stuff. Um, he, yeah, he got his shoulders through, and then uh, he struggled. It's um, super claustrophobic, because uh, you're, 
uh, but it's super claustrophobic, and, um, I'm not, I don't get claustrophobic about having a tiny room or anything like that, but I do get claustrophobic if I get stuck. I've never really gotten super stuck. The most, the most claustrophobic stuff is when I get, <laughs> is I once got, like, sometimes it's also just claustrophobic if you get stuck in a situation. Like, I once got bread, it was really painful, I got bread, like, stuck on my lip, and it really hurt, and that was almost claustrophobic for me, because it, I was kind of stuck. That's the closest to claustrophobia I've gotten, but it's always scared me to think of a dark, tight place, and not being able to get through, that's always freaked me out. But, um, anyway, a lot of people have claustrophobia, um, I mean, seriously, serious cause, uh, like, claustrophobia in the vague, like, if you climb through a dark tunnel or get stuck, you'd have claustrophobia, not just in a small room, that's, like, serious claustrophobia. Uh, anyway. It's, um, it's kind of like trying to get a really tight bracelet off your hand, off your hand, but you could die, your friend could die, and it's super claustrophobic because you're the rock. Cause, wait, no, because you're the bracelet, sorry. Not because you're the rock, you're the bracelet. Um, to be fair, the bracelet might cut off your circulation and technically kill you, but you could cut it off, and it's really not the same stakes. <laughs> but that's my metaphor, and I hope it was a good one. It may not have been totally super accurate, but it's a metaphor, so that's kind of the point. Anyway, he tries to tell himself not to panic. Basically, he's panicking. <laughs> so he tries twisting sideways to get through. Uh, again, super brotherly, great, and brave. He suddenly pops out. Um, the current, the current, the only way this could most likely happen is because the current built up pressure till it spit him out, till it pushed him out. You know, the pressure built up around him. And, uh, that might, it would still have happened some, but it wouldn't have happened as fast if he was one of the main biggest holes. But I think, well, it would still happen. But, um, anyway. He's Anyway, uh, there, uh, was no air in the room. He went up to the top and he, there was no space. He... Told himself he couldn't go back, and that he didn't want to. Um, you know, it is literally and mentally because the current would most likely not let him go back, and he didn't know if there was space to turn around. It was a very tight passageway. Um, so he powered on. He lost count of the time as he swam through the pitch black channel, but it must have been less than an hour. Obviously, um, his lungs were starting to hurt. He had never held his breath for this long, and. I, never really held his breath for an hour just for a little while when in the water and swimming uh to spy um, he was scared that only a full-grown god i put nightwing instead of mudwing that's weird um he was panicking he tried for the surface again but nothing uh, so he just, he keeps, he keeps, there's a lot of times where he just 
grits his teeth and keeps on going. It literally, he, it like literally says something. He sets his jaw and keeps on moving on. This, um, and the tunnel got wider and wider until it opened up into a pool. He got so excited when he thought he saw the stars above and a pocket of air. He yelped with glee as he finally surfaced, but the echo, to- the echo told him it was a closed cave. But I mean, you gotta get that air. The stars were actually glow worms. I mean, as long as it's as it's light. It, I've been kind of disappointed, but not too disappointed. It's air and light. I mean, come on. You gotta get that air. Air. The, um, I think it's, yeah. There's a song called Money, Money, Money is what you need. Is what you need. Yeah, but um, me, me, me and my family, we have this joke where we sing. Water, water, water is what you need. In this case, though, it's air, air, air is what you need. I don't say clay needs more water. Um, but anyway, let me, yeah. He rested for as long, as long as he thought was acceptable at the top, and then he gritted his teeth and kept on going. He shut his jaw, looked into the sunset, and nobly said, and nobly said nothing. No, it, it this isn't too cliche. Because he's a... <laughs> no, but I really do like the writing. Um, And this is... His, uh, she has quite unique... The books get better and better as she writes, you know, so. Um, But I, I still like this. I just like the later books even better. Mm, sorry. I'm trying to find my place. Um, uh, but for one second when he died, when he went back down, he thought he'd lost the current. Um, so he waited back up, but then, and, uh, without the current, he couldn't, he didn't know which way he was going. He could swim all the way back by accident, but, um, it picked up again and he, cause he didn't know where he came from and carried him on. He heard a dragon roaring and wondered if it could be Kestrel's rage, um, uh, but when he found, you know, Glory, uh, and, uh, Clay gone, but they were too far away. He wasn't, um, uh, he wondered how Starflight would punish the dragons with Glory gone. Something I didn't really even think of till he said it, but it's a good point. I mean, we don't, we rem- we learn later, but I kind of forgot, so uh, I'll just wait till later to talk about that. But um, anyway, he wasn't really paying attention thinking about this, so he didn't notice the roaring getting louder. The current swept him up. Um, he couldn't latch on to any rock, uh, and it kept it smashed him in against a rock, then another, until finally it caught his way on top of a big ledge. He felt his way to the bank. Um, couldn't summon a flame. He needed different circumstances to breathe fire, since he was a mudwing, it's different for different dragons. He was going to figure this out. The roaring was a waterfall, and that's why the current picked up so suddenly. He was immediately, he thought maybe the warm trickle that he felt um, what meant surface, uh, but when he tried to smell fresh air, all he smelled was rotten eggs. So he swam on. He came to a pool, 
weighed it in, and then immediately, and then was immediately in extreme pain. Something was stabbing him. He scrambled back to the ledge behind him, or something latched onto his wings. It hurt the same way. He screamed in pain as he slipped into unconsciousness. His last thought was that he had failed. He had failed, Lori. And that's the end of the chapter. Dude, totally bright ending, right? Not a cliffhanger at all. All these chapters are cliffhangers, by the way. But if you have the full book, which you do, because the book only comes in full book form, <laughs> then, you know, it's probably fine. Oh, yeah, this was about half um, of two episodes. Anyway, bye. Uh, and also, I'll tell you the annual amount of episodes uh, of how long I've been doing notes in just one sec. Bye. Please watch my episode next week. I'm gonna. I sound like. Don't I sound like such a greedy kid? Please, can I? Have, please, can I have some cookies, mommy or daddy? No, you can't have cookies. Duh. Um. Actually, no. Maybe you can't have a cookie. Maybe you can have a cookie. Now I'm hungry, so I'm gonna be signing off. Bye. Uh. So yeah, I'm back, and I just wanted to tell you this is the sixth annual episode of note-taking in detailed ways that make it easier and also harder because I'm a lazy, what's it called? Adolescent. So, yes. Anyway, better see you next episode or you will be punished. I'm just kidding, but not really. Also, I'm going to stop talking in this annoying voice. Anyway, bye. But please watch the episode next week. Bye. Sorry, I just had to add this um, because uh, of the episode title that this is going to be named. Uh, the Lego movie is a very good movie, the first one. And uh, this is the double-decker couch episode from that movie. I just wanted to cite my source for that movie. That is where I got the, I- that is where I got the idea. It's not a stupid idea, by the way. It's a good idea. Kind of. Actually, it might be a stupid idea. Also, how do they fit? I have no idea. Anyway, bye. Also, watch the next episode. Watch the episode next week.